Welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. My name is Mark Hamilton. It is Friday, December 8th, and I'm sitting here with one of my very best friends in the entire world, Mr. Sam Cooper of Planet F1. And Sam, this has been, a, I don't even know what word to use to describe it, chaos? What has what has happened this week in the world of F1? I honestly no idea. I think chaos is the best way to describe it. I think everyone for, I mean... The season ended like a week ago. I think everyone was expecting just a little bit of calm. <laughs> I mean, as we're recording now, Max hasn't even got his trophy for winning the year. And already we've had such a big story in the offseason. Like, yeah, chaos is, is the right word. Like, it seems every day there's a new update. And even like every half day, there's something new. Like, we, I was having a joke with my colleagues today. Like, you'd write a story in the morning. And by the time of the afternoon, it's completely out of date. It's like, it's been that kind of like mad what's it been, 72 hours, 48 hours, whatever it's been since that Tuesday evening. So yeah, crazy, crazy. And I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head when you said chaotic, for sure. My, my friend, I, I sat down on Tuesday and I recorded a podcast. And as I was wrapping it up, the story started to break. I'm just like, I don't want to re-record the podcast, but maybe I'll like I'll record a bumper at the beginning just saying, hey, this is happening, breaking news, and we'll react to this later in the week. But it's crazy. You're right. And maybe for the sake of the audience, because some people may have been busy this week with work and other obligations and Christmas, et cetera, et cetera. Can you kind of help us revisit step by step what happened this week and where we are now in this journey? Yeah, sure. So to get you right back to the start. So there's this magazine called Business F1, and like it's something that I'm familiar with, but they've often written stories that sometimes seem a bit more like fan fiction than actual news stories. Like they always seem very <laughs> not believable. I mean, to give you some of their greatest hits as they were, like I remember a story, I think it came out in the summer about W series women should use their sexuality more to sell the series. Yuck, like that's the kind yuck. of thing we're talking about. So I, I don't know when it got published, but like a few weeks ago, they were they made some like wild allegation that. Toto and Susie Wolf. so if people don't know, obviously Toto Wolf, manager, um, team prince of Mercedes, Susie Wolf, his uh, wife, but also F1 Academy managing director. So a part of FOM who owned the F1 commercial arm, like this magazine alleged that those two were sharing confidential information. And I think everyone at the time, there was very few, I mean, if you go back and look, there's very few media outlets who reported on that report, because I think everyone sort of accepted that yeah that's that's not true like that makes zero sense like if you thought about it for even five minutes you would realize a why would total wolf who let's let's remember team principal owns a third of the mercedes team why would he want to do something that hurts his own team and then flip it on to susie like she's part of f1 academy like what meetings do you think she sat in on that's going to be helpful to total wolf like that's the part that makes no sense and i think everyone like everyone came to that same conclusion except most crucially the FIA because <laughs> I don't know who who it was in the FIA when there's some reports that of whoever it's come but no one's like owned up to it just yet but they just out of the blue on Tuesday night so I think it was like 5 30 UK time so obviously they're based in Paris so that's 6 30 their time they sent a message to basically the WhatsApp like You'd be surprised how many WhatsApp groups there are on F1. So every team's got their own WhatsApp group. And the FIA also have a WhatsApp group 
basically to just send information. It was like a very quick way to get information out of there. So a statement comes and basically said, we're looking into an alleged sharing of confidential information. Obviously, at that point, they didn't name who it was, but I think everyone knew who it was. I mean, it wasn't hard to put two and two together. So we have that. And then a few hours later, we have both Mercedes and Susie Wolf on our own release statements basically saying, in a polite way, this is a load of rubbish. What are you talking about? Like, where's this come from? Like, we've had no notice kind of thing. And since then, it's just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled. Like, the, to, to, cut, to cut a long story short, Thursday night, they say they've done the investigation. There's no, there's, they found no breaches, whatever. But I think, honestly, the most damaging part is, and I mean, I've had sources with, with the FIA tell me that not only was they, apparently they told me that not only was it about the media report, but they'd had team principals complain. But then we have that situation where nine of all nine of the teams, bar Mercedes, obviously, came out at the same time, pretty much with a, a statement saying, that's not true. None of us can complain. Like we don't have an issue with it. So someone is lying, basically. Someone is not telling the truth. And I mean, yeah, it's just a horrendously bad look for the FIA. Like they've just really started a mountain out of a mole. There was no need for this. Like fair enough. If you have legitimate concerns about, about a report, do it in private. Like it's absolutely fine to like contact F1 and say, we've heard about this. Do you think it's true? And they're probably like, no, this isn't true for X, Y, and Z. But to do it publicly, and this is something I've had confirmed through Mercedes, like they didn't know about it until the statement came out. They had no prior warning. And then. So they found out at the same time that we all found exactly. out that this investigation was happening. Yeah. Wow. And I, the, 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 the comparison I made was imagine a police officer a, like a, announce someone as a suspect to the media before telling that person. Like it's just bizarre. Like it's just such a not way to do it. And I think. The FIA at the time claimed that they'd sent letters to Mercedes and F1 at the same time. And I, I, I approached Mercedes about this and they said, that's not true. We've had nothing. And I'm pretty sure maybe they've had something the last day. But I mean, a full 24 hours after that initial statement came out, Mercedes had nothing. Like They'd only just learned about it through the FIA. And I think that's reflected in Susie Wolf's statement today, made on Friday, that she had no contact with the FIA. It just came out of the blue. There was absolutely no reason behind it. So yeah, just a huge mess. And I think... The timing of it is bizarre because if we, if you remember, like Friday evening as we record this is the prize gala, which is is essentially like the end of awards. Do it's like the Christmas party of the FIA where they do officially give the trophy to both Max will get it and Red will get it. So why on earth would you create this situation like days before you're about to see a lot of people in the F1 world? And I think I think the FIA are very lucky that Toto Wolff's not going. I mean, he doesn't have to go. There's no obligation for him to go. Lewis Hamilton had to go because he was in the top three. So we've already seen some quotes for him. But yeah, it's just a bizarre situation. I appreciate I've just explained for about five minutes, but that's the shortest version I could possibly do of what's happened over the last three days. That's brilliant. And and you know, it's it's funny because one of the comments I made on Tuesday when I was addressing this issue for the first time was it's going to be fascinating if we ever discover where the complaints came from. But to your point, come Wednesday morning, Every single team, almost in unison, like it was a planned attack, released these social media statements saying, it was not us. We appreciate everything Susie Wolf does and blah, 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 blah. But it was like one after another after another. And then you're sitting here thinking, 
Did the FIA really launch an investigation based on an article in one of the worst, most discredited F1 tabloid magazines? And as the week has progressed, it seems more and more as though they actually did that they took that that comment, and I think the comment in there was something to the effect that, hey, some team principals were caught off guard because Total Wolf made mention of something in a meeting that only somebody from within FOM would have known, right? And then the, the thought was like, well, maybe Susie's sharing sensitive FOM information with, with Toto, and Total in turn is taking conversations between team principals and sharing that with the FOM. But to your point, Susie works on the F1 Academy side. It's probably involved in no conversations related to F1, that it was all just nonsense. And, you know, Susie Wolf, you just kind of referenced the fact that she had a second statement this week. So she had a statement on Tuesday, a very strongly worded statement. This is her latest statement. So this came out today. She says, when I saw the statement issued by the FIA, yesterday evening this would be the one saying hey we've wrapped up the investigation nothing to see here um my first reaction was is that it for two days insinuations have been made about my integrity in public and through background briefings but nobody from the fi has spoken to me directly i might have been collateral damage in an unsuccessful attack on somebody else or the target of a failed attempt to discredit me personally but i've worked too hard to have my reputation called into question by an unfounded press release we have come a long way as a sport i was extremely thankful for the unified support of the formula one teams i've worked with so many passionate women and men at f1 and the fia who have the very best interests of our sport at heart However, this episode has so far taken place without transparency or accountability. I received online abuse about my work and my family. I will not allow myself to be intimidated and intend to follow up until I have found out who has instigated the campaign and misled the media. What happened this week is simply not good enough as a sport. We must demand and we deserve better. At the same time, there's a statement here from Mercedes um, and Total Wolf stating, we understand that there's significant media interest in the events of this week. We are currently in active legal exchange with the FIA. We await full transparency about what took place and why and have expressly reserved all legal rights. Therefore, we ask for your understanding that we will not be commenting officially for now, but we will continue to address the matter in due course, which is incredible. And likewise, you said that, you know, Lewis Hamilton uh, was was interviewed this week and he had some extremely strong comments, which I'll bring up in a couple of minutes. But from your perspective is, I think the FIA wants this this matter to be settled, right? They want it to be over. But based on the comments of Susie Wolf and Total, rightfully so, they're not going to let this go. No, and they've got every right to. I mean, when that Susie Wolf statement came out, I thought it was absolutely incredible. It's like one of the best statements I've ever read. Like she was firmly like, I'm not having this. Like, absolutely no way. And I think Mercedes are probably a bit more tied up just because obviously they work with the FIA. They do a lot of stuff like that. But Susie Wolf and her department, she's mainly working with FOM. So absolutely she can go in as as hard as she likes. And I think it was a great statement. It's like, I'm going to find out who did this. I'm basically going to get you kind of thing. And yeah, moving on to the legal action, like I can understand why Mercedes are doing that. Like even two days after where it's come out that they nothing's happened, there's been no breach. But you've got to remember that so many more people are going to see that initial story. So someone who maybe doesn't have that much of an interest in Formula One might pick up on that, might say, oh, they're investigating Total Wolf and Mercedes, and then they never hear about how it came to nothing. So I think if Mercedes are going to go down a legal route, it's obviously going to be about reputational damages and stuff, the brand hurting the brand. And I think they've got a pretty slam dunk case for it. I mean, the Mercedes team have been wrongly done by this like there's been absolutely no evidence there was no due process there was nothing like that so i think they've got within every 
they were within every right to to sort of pursue that and, and basically set a precedent that you can't just go around accusing people based on like you said flimsy reports i mean if someone tweeted something like is that is that good enough if anyone random person tweeted is that good enough to warrant an investigation like you've got to have a good line like if there's firm solid evidence that something's happened yeah absolutely go about it but it is just a process and i think on a bigger picture it leads into what has been pretty much a catastrophic year for the FIA there's been so many incidents where they've really got on the back of FOM and they've really upset the teams like it's been a whole tussle throughout the year like it was a lot at the start of the year we've had a bit throughout the year with the Andretti obviously coming into that and now this to end the year and I think there's just a general sense within F1 that they're sort of they've had enough they're focusing on the president that's who their main focus is on that he's not doing a good enough job and I think I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit more pressure now on him to sort of resign or move move out of his position. The quote I was referring to from Lewis Hamilton here says, uh, a disappointing week really to see that the governing body of our sport has sought to question the integrity of one of the most incredible female leaders we've ever had in our sport with Susie Wolf, without questioning, without any evidence. And then just saying sorry at the end, and that's just unacceptable. He continues, there's a constant fight to really improve diversity and inclusion within the industry, but it seems that there are certain individuals in the leadership within the FIA that every time we try to make a step forward, they try to to pull us back and that has to change this is a global sport and we have such an incredible opportunity and actual responsibility to be leaders of change as we're traveling to all these countries around the world we have a responsibility to make sure that we're pushing in the right direction and he concludes i do want to acknowledge that there are a lot of people that are doing great work but we need to make some changes to make sure that we are all pushing in the right direction and he, he makes a really great point right and so do you that you know since abu dhabi in 2021 fia had this opportunity to reset and, and acknowledge an issue and, and reform and build a really strong relationship with FOM. But it seems as though they're pushing in two very different directions that, that FOM is really invested in the growth of the sport and the increased monetization, the commercialization of the sport. And I feel like senior leaders at FOM are really distasteful of the current arrangement, which is, hey, they're effectively leasing the championship to F1, but I think they're also frustrated that they can't unilaterally create rules and regulations and technical regulations that that's imposed upon them by FOM, and it's it's clearly starting to bubble out and manifest in public, and of course, earlier this year, we had this situation where Mohammed Ben Salam had openly questioned the public valuation of the sport, which of course led to some very fierce words, but, I, and you know, I sent you this this tweet the other day and this is kind of one of those things that I think we all have a lot of fun speculating about but there's obviously this growing kind of sentiment particularly in North America where we have Indy and we have NASCAR that operate independently of an FIA like body but there's this kind of ongoing kind of sense that hey could could F1 do it alone that if the FIA is going to continue to be such a roadblock and such an obstacle that, to them in the growth of this sport can they do this can they do it without them? And, you know, Andrew Benson had a great quote here. He says, Mercedes could yet move to seek redress from the FIA for the reputational damage his actions have inflicted on the company this week. Meanwhile, senior F1 figures are questioning the judgment of FIA President Mohammed Ben Salem. Um, and then there's another quote here, and this is the one that I shared with you. And I, I don't know that there's anything to this, but Adam Stern quoted, a number of sources told BBC Sport that if Ben Salem continued to act in a manner senior figures considered to be detrimental to the sport, F1 owners Liberty Media would lose patience and consider breaking away from the FIA. So we're now at the point where there are 
open conversations about, you know what, is this relationship salvageable? And if it is, can it be salvaged so long as the current president of the FIA is in place? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think on your two questions, the answer to the first one is yes, it can be salvageable. I think the answer to the second one is no. I think he has run his course. Like He's made too many errors in such a short time. If we go back to Jean Todd, who was in before, I think he had a, don't quote me on this, but it might be like a 12-year, he had a long time in the role and he didn't really turn up too many trees. And I think the best role for an FIA president is to not be seen and not be heard. Like Your job is to look after the sport, not be the star of it. And I think ultimately that's what this comes down to. It's just, there's been this huge power struggle for F1 pretty much since the new that's the perfect word it's yeah it's a power yeah. struggle for the control of f yeah pretty much since the well pretty much immediately soon as the new president came in so going back to obviously if people don't know he came in pretty much soon after abu dhabi like that was his start time december 2021 he, he came in the role and since then we've had so many issues i'm just gonna think of a few off the top of my head like he's been so strict with the rules to the point where he when we had that jewelry fiasco with him and lewis hamilton where he was threatening to not allow a seven-time world champion to race because of his personal preference because he had a nose stud in or something like that and then, like say we go back to this year where he's denied formula one's worth that much and that's just why would you do that that makes no sense and then he sort of tried to imply that the fia had any kind of say in that when they don't like that as we know that's entirely owned by liberty media like they make the decision on what it's worth so that was bizarre. And then we had the incident where some historic sexist comments from his website came came to the light again. And like it's just been throughout the year, it's mistake, mistake, mistake. And I think F1 teams, are, like you said, are getting so frustrated. And it is, it is true that it's a weird sport where we have these two people who control different parts of the sport. And that's just the way it's sort of happened over the, over the years kind of thing. And on your point, I mean, I've talked to F1 and they, they seem pretty clear that they're not going to, they're not going to try and break away from the FIA. Like, they're in a hundred-year lease, and I think that started in the '90s, sometimes around that. I'm not sure on the exact date, but obviously they're still quite new into it. And I think the more likely situation is that the president will lose his job before F1 gets serious thoughts about the FIA. Because can you imagine that what that'd be like for the FIA? Like that's that would be an un- unbelievable loss. Like yes, they have other championships. Yes, they have lots of series they take part in, but it's not F1. F1 is the biggest racing series on the planet. Like. If you lose that, you've lost your star, really. So, yeah, I think the more likely situation is the president, if he doesn't stop with these things, if he has any other kind of issue. I mean, you'll have to – only the team principals and the F1 itself will know if it's if he's already past his limit or if they're going to say, okay, this is the final, final, final time. Like, only they'll know. But, yeah, it's just a completely damaging thing and it's something that just didn't need to happen. Like, Abu Dhabi happened because of the situations that – a race got to that point like there was a, a pressure point so I made the wrong decision and that happened but this has just come out of the blue there was no need for it no one was pressuring for it kind of thing so yeah it's just a mess entirely of the FIA's own making and I think it's just a disaster for them as well you can really describe it as it is a disaster for the FIA. Lost in all of this of course is the fact that Mohammed bin Salam was quoted this week as suggesting almost as if to just rile people up that maybe he would consider bringing Michael Massey back to the sport that was left in tatters after the outcome of 2021 and of course we, we also know that he's very much incited FOM by his insistence on exploring an 11th or 12th team uh, within the championship and I think as fans we all want to see that but at the same time, he's pushing and pushing and pushing for that. Clearly, at the express, at the express 
discontent of FOM, that FOM was like, we do not want this right now. And again, it's that push-pull, push-pull, the power struggle that you spoke to a couple of minutes ago. So there's just so many of these pieces. And you're right. Like, let's, Realistically, it's easy for me to say, sit here and say, yeah, FOM should break away and they should govern and regulate their own sport. The reality is that would cost hundreds of millions of dollars and require them to build tons of infrastructure. Like That is a monumental effort. Let's not understate for a minute. What would be very simple, though, is to say, hey, if UFIA don't make these specific changes, we will be forced to consider alternatives. And the reality is if they were to break away, let's be very clear, everyone in Paris, everyone at the senior level of FIA would be cleared out, partly because they wouldn't have the money to pay them anymore because so much of their income comes from F1 that they would clean the slate anyways. But I think this is very much an inflection point for F1. And it kind of leads me back to that question, which is, who at F, uh, who at the FIA would have had the authority to initiate or trigger? Like this, presumably wasn't some part-time intern that's doing some work at the FIA over the winter break, right? Like presumably, this is somebody at the senior level of FIA that would have said, "Yeah, you know what? We've got enough substance with this business F one article. Let's launch an investigation." Like, where do you think it came from? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know. Like, regardless of where it came from, like, this doesn't get through without Mohammed Ben Salim's blessing, does it? Like, he's going to have to okay that. Like, they're not going to have this process where the president of the organization, so the very top figure, doesn't give his okay to. And I think that's damning in itself. Like, we talk about, I don't know, like, if you ever have a leader in any walk of life, like, whoever's at the leader of the organization, well, we often say the buck stops with them, regardless if they didn't do it. Like, I mean, I'm thinking in governments and things like that where politicians make something wrong and the prime minister or the president or whatever, like they take responsibility for it. Like this is that same case. Like you're the leader of the organization. So either you're incompetent because you started the investigation or you're incompetent because you didn't know it was happening. Like it's either way. Like there's, you can't really like, I don't know, sort of get away with it by saying you didn't know that that's not a good enough excuse. And I think, I think they've started to realize that. I mean, we, we had a message that came out this afternoon on the Friday saying that he's, he's been taken ill over the last few days. And it's sort of, I mean, that could be something serious, like we don't know, but at the same time, it just seems very suspect timing that a few hours before he's supposed to be at this prize gala in front of the world's media, he's now no longer able to do that. And I think there were some pictures that came out of him attending events today and he seems fine. So yeah, it's just another bizarre decision. I mean, I've said it so often, it's just bizarre. Like, no one was angry at the FIA. No one had a problem with them. This time a week ago, no one was talking about FIA. They were talking about the end of F1 and stuff like that. Like They've just put this target on their own back and there's just no need for it. There was absolutely no need for it. No one was asking for it. And like now they've got a, well, they've dug their own hole. They've got to get out of it somehow. And I, I don't know how they do that, really. Philip Duncan had tweeted a couple of hours ago, FIA spokesman, several days ago, the president, Mohammed bin Salam, took ill and suffered a fall and concussion. He received care in hospital and will make a full recovery. That, to your point, it's, and again, we certainly would never wish harm on anybody. And I think going back two or three years ago, we all celebrated the arrival of Mohammed bin Salam and we were cheering for him to be successful. But as we sit here and we recount all of the miscues over the last couple of years, it's it's hard not to attribute the failures of the FIA to the president for a lot of this. And to your point as well, that the timing of the announcement that he fell ill this week is very convenient, that it just happens to fall in alignment with this, and then he can't make an appearance at the gala where he would 
undeniably be questioned about this. It's just a fascinating situation. And, you know, you've been following F the Formula One for decades. And of course, we only had a breakaway series back in 09, 10 and things like that. But I don't remember a period of 18 or 24 months where there was just so much discord between the two bodies that this is pretty unprecedented in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're right. I think there's just too much bad blood there now. There's just too much history, like there's too much water under the bridge for him to continue in the role, personally. I think he should go. I think they should get someone new in and just someone who's not going to make that many mistakes. I think he's just, I think, personally, I just think he's too focused on the limelight. He's too interested in being sort of the star of the show. And like like I said, that's not the role of an FIA president. Like, we don't want to hear from you, really. Like, if I compare it to the F1 president, Stefano De Riccardi, like, He's not seen that much. Obviously, we see him a lot, sort of the face of the business side of F1, but he's not going out there making outlandish statements and saying this, that, and the other. Like, he's just sort of a, a company man, and like, he'll appear when he needs to kind of thing. And that should be the role of these governing bodies. Like, I've, in a way, it sort of feels like he thinks he's a team principal and he's sort of, he's on the same level as like a wolf or a hornet. And like, no, like, these people are allowed to be like that because that's their teams and that's their companies and they've got a vested interest in them doing well you're supposed to be the impartial body at the top of it who's there to make the sport better. And I think there's there's a lot of arguments to say he hasn't made the sport better in his tenure. And I, like I said, there's just a lot of bad blood that's already happened. And I think if this isn't his last chance saloon, then the next time for sure it is going to be. Very much agree with your entire assessment there that I think two years ago, three years ago, we were all incredibly excited at the premise, but they're just, they, they collectively just don't seem to learn from these miscues that how many times has the FIA come out and said something and FOM announces, we're learning this, learning of this at the exact same time that all of you are. And little things like the fact that the expressions of interest for a team, which is, runs directly in in contrast to where the FOM currently sits on that position whether we agree with it or not it just proves that this discord is is there and you're right I think this is going to be a major inflection point for for the FIA because I think at this point they need to find a way to salvage their ongoing relationship with Formula 1 that Formula 1's never been healthier but here you and I are, my friend, sitting on Friday, December 8th. We're not talking about the awards gala. We're not reflecting on the championship. Once again, we're talking about something FIA-related, this unforced error, if it will, if, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I think it's important as well. Like, I've, I've obviously said FIA a lot. Like, There's obviously a lot of smart like men and women who work in the FIA, and you can imagine. They're, unquestionably. They're, yeah, unquestionably. They're just as frustrated as well, and obviously they can't talk about it because it's their employer. Like, there's no one within the FIA who wants to see it going like this. I mean, I've sort of felt bad for like the media guys on the Tuesday because like I had a suspicion like you knew too well that they didn't want to be doing this. Like this, like they saw the mistakes in this, but they have to because it's their job. Like it's just not fair on them either. Like we've talked about the relationship with FOM and talked about what it's doing F1, but like the people who work for the FIA should be like happy to work for it, to be proud of work for it. And at the moment, like the FIA is becoming more of more of like a joke figure, and like I people don't want to be working in that environment like and how are you going to attract the best talent if this is what how you portray your company so yeah i think change is needed like just start again we're not entirely the old game but yes yeah, have a new have a new slate for the new season like get someone else in get someone who's not going to want to be hogging the limelight as is and sort of it's not i don't think the relationship is beyond repair but like it's on very tender grounds at the moment like they definitely need to like just have a bit of calm. Like, there's just no need. Just enjoy a winter off. Like, you don't need to have this drama every week. Like, we don't need to have a new story every week. Like, 
I'm saying that as as a sports perspective. I obviously as a journalist, I love a story every week. But from a sport perspective, <laughs> you don't need to have drama every single week. Like just let it run its course. And yeah, I think something needs to happen. Uh, whether that happens soon or next year or in a few years time we'll see so i i think with that you and i will probably sit back reflect over the weekend because i'm sure there's more to come from this obviously Susie wolf rightfully so is not going to let this go i i don't think total will i don't think mercedes will i think mercedes as an organization is in a somewhat tougher position because they have to be much more diplomatic and things like that but they also certainly felt the disrepute and the reputational damage of being associated uh with this entire affair because their team principal and owner was called into the integrity of this individual was called into to question so I don't think this story is over my friend for all the reasons that you and I commented on but I think it was really valuable for you to sit you and I to sit here just kind of 72 hours later and recap what has happened this week because to your earlier point there's been so much that has happened and I think the FIA wants to desperately put a bow on this realizing that wow we were wildly offside here and they want to move on but I don't think the other stakeholders are going to allow that to happen simply because they suffered so much so much reputational damage and if you're Susie Wolf here what what possible thing has Susie Wolf ever done in her career other than contribute and add value you would add value and now she's leading the f1 academy and i think if you speak to any f1 team principal they are beyond thrilled with her contribution and are so excited to work with her as they start adding liveries and teams and and technical support to that series so i think it was frustrating for them to see that this person that they're so supportive of got caught up in this in this chaos so Oh, with that, my friend, I thank you so much for joining. This was supposed to be a five-minute update, and I've taken 30 minutes of your time. But my friend, once again, if people want to check out your work, where can they track you down? Just for that, I'm going to add one like, Susie Wolf story to, yeah, add, yeah, please, to add to your please. point at the end there. Like, I've been lucky to speak enough to speak to Susie a couple of times this year. Like, the, One of the first times was it was at a karting event for the F1 Academy. So obviously, everyone knows what a karting event is very loud. It was during the summer. And she had one of the worst sore throats I've ever heard. Like she, I couldn't, you couldn't hear her. She didn't sound like herself at all. And yet she was still there giving speeches, talking to sponsors, talking to journalists. Like I think anyone who claims that she doesn't care about F1 Academy and sort of just wants to be there as a face, like that's the ultimate proof that she was willing to basically get off your sick bed and go and speak to loads of people, young kids. Like that's the real, the real, I think if you take anything away from what Susie Wolf's like a person, I think that's probably my biggest impression that, she absolutely cares about this. And she, like I said, she's been a force of good for so many years now. So that's my, my final point on that. And, it, uh, and to answer your, answer your actual question, um, yeah, so I write for Planet <laughs> F1, uh, Sam Cooper underscore Twitter, Sam Cooper F1 on Instagram, which I have been posting on more. I've been, I was horrendous for it, but now I've started posting a bit more on there. So yeah, plenty of content over the, over the weekend, uh, over the winter break, sorry. I've got an interesting piece about data in Formula One. I was lucky enough to get a data cool. event that's coming out this weekend. So yeah. Don't don't think that because the season's over, it's going to be in the Formula One, as we've seen with this story. But there's other stories That's coming. Awesome. Out Thank you so much for your time, my friend. Uh, hopefully, maybe not, but maybe there'll be another reason for us to jump on an emergency podcast next week. But like I said, this story definitely isn't over. We just wanted to get everyone caught up to date because if you were only kind of paying cursory attention this week, you might have been a little bit confused. But hopefully we put this somewhat more into context. Sam, thank you so much for your time. For everybody listening at home, we'll be back again on Sunday or Monday. We do have a bunch of really great shows lined up for the rest of the month. But thank you so much. We'll talk to you all again soon. Bye for now. I feel like a locomotive sipping, drinking Arizona.
Bounce on the mixtape just around the corner. Did a lot in California. Can't wait to drop this on you. Yeah, they gon' have fun with that. Smash like Songum and my songs gon' break through like a running back.